You're listening to episode 22 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. These are real stories and real experiences of widowhood, both my own story and many other widows I've known and worked with as a life coach. Today I want to talk about secondary losses. That's a big part of the grieving process in this journey that we're on. The initial primary loss, of course, is the person who passed away. You've lost your spouse and that's the primary loss. But attached to that loss are lots of secondary losses. Loss of income, maybe loss of identity, loss of your dreams for the future, loss of faith, loss of confidence, loss of financial security, loss of support. We get a lot of our support system from our spouses. So all those secondary losses, we need to take a look at those and what kind of impact those secondary losses are having in our life and what we might need to replace in our life. I've talked about this before, identifying your new priorities and making sure that you're getting your needs met. But in the realm of finding what your new priorities are, are also to consider things like loss of identity. No matter how independent you've been in life, maybe you haven't thought of yourself as the, you know, the little woman sitting at home being a wife, there's still a large loss of identity when your spouse passes away. You may be presented yourselves to the world as a couple rather than individuals. Even if you had very individual lives, there was still that entity between you that was the couple, the relationship, the united front. When you have that loss of identity, you feel like you're walking around without your wallet in your pocket. You feel like your purse has been stolen from you, right? It's that same confusion and loss about who we are, what makes up our identity. Something that you're going to want to take a good look at and begin to rebuild each of these items. If you have a loss of your dreams for the future, because all your plans and dreams for the future were as a, a married couple, you need to then start thinking about what does the new future look like. This is where we become so paralyzed in our grief because there's loss of financial security maybe associated with loss of income when your spouse dies, big loss of support system. You know, our spouse is always the first one right there to be our cheerleader. I've told you before, it's something I hear over and over again from widows, and I felt it myself. Jim was my cheerleader. He was 100% behind me when I was tackling something new or if I got a promotion. You lose that little bit of support, even if it's just emotional support, and it rocks your world. 
if you've lost faith, your confidence is shaken. These are all of the compound items that you have to begin rebuilding in your life. And how do you do that? You dare to begin. I saw those three words on Facebook this morning. And I love those three words. Somebody responded saying in Norwegian, there's a term that transfers into something like the threshold mile, meaning how long the first step feels to take or how long that first step can be. The threshold mile. So powerful. It can be the scariest moment of your life when you take that first step towards something, but it's also the most liberating. Once you do it and you're past that first step and you're like, oh my gosh, I did it. That's how you do it. Dare to begin. It's hard. After the loss of a spouse, it is really hard. But you don't want to be frozen in time because of all the secondary losses that you're dealing with. So you start somewhere, some little baby step that takes you out of that frozen space, sitting in a chair inside your house, wondering what on earth your life is supposed to be now. You have to get off of the sidelines. You do. It's easier to stay stuck. But if you give yourself that little push, if you dare to begin, that's where you start moving forward. One little baby step at a time. Even looking at our own thoughts is a place where we can dare to begin. That's how you dare to begin. You begin to think new thoughts. As a life coach, I am really fascinated with thoughts because so much, no, not even so much. Let me correct that. All of our life, all of our reality, all the results we see in our life around us start with what we're thinking. And I can prove this to you. Your thoughts resonate in your body as an emotion. Everything that you feel, you feel because what you're thinking about something. It's not about the person or the circumstance or the object itself. If you are not even aware of what has happened, you don't react to it yet. You feel nothing. It's only when you find out something has happened that you begin to have a feeling about it. It's because you begin to have a thought about it. Positive, negative, doesn't matter. It all starts with your thoughts. If you're feeling badly in a moment, maybe you're feeling really frustrated about something, you can ask yourself, what am I thinking that's making me feel this frustrated? Now, you may not be able to separate out what your thought is from what you think the fact is, the facts of reality. I've had that experience recently where I was really annoyed at somebody because I felt she was talking down to me and it, boy, it pushed my buttons. And as I tried to work with the thoughts around that, because I couldn't shake that feeling of being ticked, 
And I, I knew it was unfair to be ticked off at this person. I didn't want to be ticked off at that person. But I was still going through my whole afternoon just feeling really annoyed and ticked off. And as I started working with my thoughts, even knowing what I know and coaching people on this basis, I still had such a hard time. Intellectually, I knew that her talking down to me was the thought I was thinking and was not a fact in reality. I'll tell you why. I couldn't walk into a court of law and prove that she was talking down to me. I mean, that's laughable. Anybody else observing this situation may have thought that she was sharing something important with me or that she was struggling with her own issues. To me, it really felt like reality. I mean, I just sat here and laughed at myself because intellectually, I know that's my thought. If there's a judgment involved in the sentence, it's what you're thinking. I was thinking she was talking down to me. But at the same time, that I would write it down and I would say, that's the thought. It's not reality. But boy, you know, she was a real B, <laughs> which is still the thought. I had such a hard time getting my intellectual self out of the way, first of all, that was saying, Joanne, you know, that's a thought that's not a reality. Because deep inside, I didn't believe it. Deep inside, it was still a fact to me. Like anybody who listened to that conversation would have known she was talking down to me, right? When I finally came to grips with it, I began to realize that it was true. She was really dealing with some of her own stuff and talking through some of her own stuff. And it wasn't that she intended to talk down to me in any way. That was just the thought I was having about the things she was saying. And having that thought was making me feel angry with her. When I finally accepted what the facts were, which was that we were having a conversation, <laughs> right? We, that was the fact. We were having a conversation. Or the fact could be she said blah, blah, blah. And I could look at that and realized what I finally began to, to think about it was, wow, she's really struggling with that in her life. And as soon as I hit on that new thought, my emotions changed completely. I was no longer ticked off at her. I was kind of curious about what she was struggling with in her life that she would say that. And I even began to feel a little compassion, which, wow, compassion, that's a heck of a lot better than feeling angry at someone. It changed my whole viewpoint and it changed how I felt which changed how I was acting and began to change the results in my life that afternoon. Instead of sitting around fuming and not really getting much of anything done, I had this great breakthrough. I had this great story to share to demonstrate how finding the new thought, and the new thought has to be something that you honestly believe. Finding the new thought changes how you feel which changes how you're acting and it changes the results in your life. So that's how you dare to begin. You dare to begin to look at your own thoughts. What are you thinking? When you look 
at your immediate future now that your spouse has passed away? What are the thoughts you have about that? Write them down. Grab a tablet and write down, this is what I think about my future plans now. And it might be hard to get started to grab that first thought to write on paper. But then as you're flowing, just write them as they come. Don't try to judge your thoughts. Don't try to filter your thoughts. If you have something, I mean, I'm the best at this. A thought can flip up in my head and I just push it down right away. I'm like, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. Don't think that. Write it down. You want to write down so fast that you don't have time to filter or judge because you really want to see what are the sentences that your brain is playing for you. We're not aware of every thought we have. We think we are, but we're not. The truth is we think about 60,000 thoughts a day. We surely are not aware of 60,000 thoughts. Most of the sentences in our mind just play, send that vibration into our body, the emotion that's associated with the sentence, and we act it out. And it all happens in the blink of an eye without even any conscious awareness. Becoming consciously aware of the thoughts is the real trick. Now, you, clearly, you can't become consciously aware of 60,000 thoughts a day either. But you want to start being aware of the important ones. And the important ones are going to be the thoughts that are attached to strong emotions, feelings that you're having. So if you write down, what is my future plan now? And you write down all your thoughts associated with it. Take a look at those thoughts. Think about how a specific thought, you can pick out one thought that you've written down about your future. And you can play that sentence in your head intentionally. Think the thought, let the sentence play and think about how it feels to you. How does it feel in your body when you think that thought? Do you get that big old lump in your throat? Or maybe you get that queasy feeling in your stomach? Maybe you have a thought about the future that feels great. Maybe you find a thought that plays that when you play that sentence in your head, you feel a little lightness in your chest, like a little excitement begins to build. You get to actually choose how you want to feel about your future right now. You can choose to feel scared, frightened. That's okay. If that's what you choose to feel, then it's okay. Just be aware that you're choosing that feeling. If you do feel scared about your future and you don't want to feel scared about your future, that's when you have to think about how do I want to feel about my future? Do I want to feel a little excited about the idea that this is a journey back to myself, that I'm going to discover more of who I am? And if you want to feel excited about that, you can then think, what is it I need to be thinking feel excited about my future. Don't find a pie in the sky thought and think you can replace all your other thoughts with pie in the sky. It doesn't work. Your brain can spot a fake and it will not believe it. 
I know that affirmations were big, still are big. I was big on affirmations for years. I would write out positive sentences and tape them to my bathroom mirror to try to keep impressing on my subconscious. I tell you what, I had the affirmation that I had a strong, slender, healthy body. And I had that taped around my house for decades and I've got to tell you, it was not exactly working for me because my brain was still not believing that. I mean, it would help me stay focused if I was trying to diet or, you know, do some of the extreme measures I took for weight loss back in the day. It might help me stay focused seeing that sentence pasted up on my mirror. But the truth is, my brain was not accepting that sentence because I did not truly believe that. Okay, you have to find thoughts that ring true for you. And it's not always going to be ponies and rainbows. It'll be a thought that's just a little easier to think than the most devastating thought that you're having. You can do the same thing with loss of faith even. What is it that you are thinking if losing your spouse has rocked your faith? Write down your thoughts. Do that thought download. Take just one minute. That's all it takes. You don't want to be writing all day. One to two minutes, two minutes max. Writing on a tablet of paper as quickly as you can every thought that comes into your head about it. And then you can pick out the thought that just feels the most devastating to you. Think that sentence in your brain. See how that feels in your body. Does it make your legs heavy? Does it make your cheeks hot? Where does that feeling go from that sentence? And then think about how you might want to feel. Or even think about what else you could be thinking about your faith. If you're thinking, what good is it doing me? All this going to church, praying to God whatever your faith is, that now your spouse has passed away. And you're thinking, how, how could this be? If God was good to me, why would God take my spouse away? But you could also have the thought that your faith also tells you that your spouse isn't really gone and that there will be a time when you'll both be rejoicing together again. If your faith has that idea in it, you can shift over to that idea and you do deeply believe it because it's been your faith for maybe your whole lifetime. And when you shift to that idea, you find your emotions shift greatly. So do you choose? Do you dare to begin how much better is it to dare to begin even the teeniest baby step than it is to be frozen in time and five years from now look back on your past five years and see it as wasted time because that's what it'll become. If you are stuck in one place and you cannot find your way forward, don't waste years of your life. Would your spouse want you to waste years of your life? Or would your spouse want you out there having adventure, learning new things, 
looking inward, discovering who you truly are so that your spouse sees you using every God-given day on this earth that you have in addition to what they had to move yourself forward. And they share in that and revel in that. That's my faith. Those are my beliefs. So begin to take a look at your thoughts. I would love to have a chance to dive into how to use a thought model and how thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create how you act in the world that produce the results in your life. It's what I teach. It's the most exciting thing I teach my clients because it applies to everything. I'm in the middle of challenging myself to do a hundred free transformations in free mini sessions. And at the end of each month that I'm working on these, I'm going to draw a name from that month's signups to give away a $100 Amazon gift card. I'll do it at the end of the first 30 days which I think is around June 21st, and then again at the end of 60 days. So I'm giving away two $100 Amazon gift cards so you can get yourself something nice and do free transformations on free mini sessions. What a mini session is, we get on the phone together for about 30 minutes, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. There, I have um, a free conference line, although the conference would just be you and me. And it has international numbers that can be dialed into. And even if that doesn't work, if you have Skype, I'm even willing to set something up to do a Skype call with you. So we get on the phone for 30 minutes where we can identify one thing, one thought maybe that's causing you emotional pain. And we'll get it resolved right then, right on that call. It's true. I can make a difference in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, I can get you honest to God, real results right on that phone call. Even if you can't pinpoint a one thing, you're just in overwhelming grief. In the mini session, I will help you identify a thought or a situation that is creating real pain for you right now. We'll isolate it and on the short call, I'll give you a piece of actionable advice that you can put to work in your life. You'll find out what it's like to be coached by me. Being a life coach is kind of a new thing in the world. Not everybody even knows what a life coach is or what a life coach does. And there's a lot of people out there who call themselves coaches of one type or another. There are beach body coaches and they're actually selling weight loss shakes. <laughs> which I don't understand that kind of coaching. Um, but there are, oh gosh, there's coaches for digital marketing, which are great. There's coaches for entrepreneurs to kind of help teach the steps through how to promote an online business because someone's very good at that. A life coach sounds a little harder to get your mind around. And especially, I'm a life coach and a certified weight coach, and I have coached widows. I love doing this work because I can teach you the tools that will turn your life around. I can teach you the tools that will get you 
back the three years, five years of your life that you might have stayed frozen in place and lost. And I've got to tell you, I'm really critically aware ever since Jim died of the value of every day and the thought of wasting years of my life being so frozen by my grief that I can't advance myself forward in any way. Oh my gosh. It's not that your grief is going to go away like magic. Your grief will go away and then you move on with your life. It doesn't work like that. The grief kind of comes with you, but as part of your process of grief, as part of your widow journey, you can learn so much about yourself and you can rebuild your life and explore the world and discover amazing things. That's what I want. So schedule a free mini session with me. What are you waiting for? I love talking to you guys. I love doing transformations. Solving problems, it's what I do, and it's what I'm really good at. So you can schedule a session with me just by going to talktojoanne.com. Talk to, T-O, Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, dot com. That's it. It'll take you directly to my scheduling calendar where you can pick a day and a time, and we will get on the phone together, or we will get on Skype together for about half an hour, and we will turn something around in your life. We'll give you immediate results. If I think you're a really good fit for coaching, I'll tell you what programs I have and what I might recommend for you. But I will give you something actionable that you can take away from that session and put to use in your life right now. So get out there. Start taking a look at the thoughts that you're thinking, even the painful ones, just get them out there on paper. It's just a sentence that your brain plays. It's not who you are. So get those sentences and take a look at what it is your mind has been playing for you and go find some joy in life. Until next time, 